Inside, Pizarro Dolazo. Pizarro Dolazo. Here's the goal scorer, Morgan. And he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have to Well, I gotta say, I'm a uh, a bit surprised that you're uh, not in crutches, able to walk, no bruises or anything like that. Anytime you're on a device that goes faster than five miles per hour, you typically run into some trees. Well, uh, fortunately for us, the uh, I, I didn't have wheels attached to these skis, Jay, because we know how I am with two wheels. Yeah, how did the uh, how the ski trip go though? Ski trip was pretty fun. Ski trip has pretty fun. I feel like we've been doing the podcast probably since my first adventure out west. And I gotta say, I am uh, I'm, I'm I'm improving. You know, there's still a lot to improve, but I'm getting better. You're off the bunny slopes. Finally, it was rough. Very good. Very but I'm good. there. All right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the missus was snowboarding, right? Is that a jab? That's a little, that's a slight that's jab. A slight jab. That's a slight jab. The, the missus the missus is. is I, I can snowboard too, but yeah, I mean, I prefer the safe route at this age, but what was it like, you know, with, with, with your girl on the snowboard and her looking over at you kind of giggling to herself as you're over here on the bunny slopes with your skis? I mean, I'm not going to lie. She did uh, suggest that I learn snowboarding more than a couple times. Uh, I think there was a few giggles probably shared as I was, you know, uh, tops down into some snow a couple times as she went gliding by. But uh, but no, there was there was there was a small part of me that did say like, hey, you know, maybe I should learn snowboarding. But I think one ski or one winter sport in one's life is enough, Jay. I could see you just like with a snowboard, like at the lodge. And like, all right, I'm gonna head out. Then like, you know, like you left your skis at the door, and you just swap them out and just take your skis up there, <laughs> or actually just bounce from bar to bar with like yeah, a snowboard just, hand. just holding your snowboard like the one guy that brings a snowboard with him everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but never actually snowboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, welcome, welcome back, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I'm Jay Kington, alongside uh, Mr. Alex Papa George, who's back in town in the. Uh, much warmer climate, although it's still a little chilly down here in Florida. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we will be resuming the supporters group series, uh, wrapping up with the Southern Legion. Uh, but it's been a while, so we have been waiting for this man to get back in town. He is here now. Wanted to give an update on the news. Uh, we look to be rounding out with the Southern Legion. The Northern Pack uh, is now technically... Part of Vice City. They're the Northern Associated Group of Vice City. Uh, I'm sure they'll still be referring to themselves as the Northern Pack. Uh, but COVID hit them uh, pretty hard, but they were able to uh, to get around it, keep moving forward, and stay involved with the club. So very happy to hear that. Um, and, you know, without further ado, big, big news. Uh, we've been getting a lot of questions about what's up with the player signings, when are we going to fill out our roster. And we do have good news. We were telling everyone to be patient as it will pick up. Uh, from now until when preseason training camp begins. But the news that broke, uh, everyone was kind of aware of this for a, a few weeks, but the news that broke was that Ryan Shawcross from Stoke City is now officially a Heron. Big news coming out from over the pond. This is, this is a piece that 
you know, some fans are mixed on, you know, some people love it, some people hate it, but hey, that is to be an inner Miami fan, it sounds. <laughs> but uh, but no, th this signing here, this this is big, this is big. And I mean, it seems like his contributions, you know, may even be greater off the pitch in the sense of training and leadership and, and kind of grooming some of these players, you know, overseas when he was playing for quite a bit of time. I think, Jay, how many years does he have under his belt in actual professional football experience? In in actual professional, not including his youth career, we're talking about fifteen years, exactly. a, little, a little more than that, and then almost twenty years, including his uh, his youth career. He started with Manchester United, um, and then he was eventually uh, sent over uh, on loan to a few teams. the uh, The last team he was on loan with with Manchester United was Stoke City. Uh, and then he spent the next 13 years there at Stoke City, rounding out 400 caps, uh, over 20 goals, I believe. Uh, assists were in the teens. So, you know, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, obviously, it's a double-edged sword, as per any Miami fan. They either love it or hate it. But I think that last year we had a lot of talented players, but we didn't really have the leadership we needed. And I think when you bring in someone you know, who's been playing over in, in England for this long, naturally he, you know, knows the ins and outs. And I think he will be able to pass on a lot of knowledge and really get our backline in order. I think even getting our backline in order stands from this point that we're talking about, which is leadership, right? And LGP was our standout performer. You know, we had Andreas Reyes, who is no longer with the club. Nico Fagal was kind of the, the other consistent head as long as well as Ben Sweat, who we know is over in Austin for this upcoming season. So having someone like this, you know, if you want to look at our two returning starters, it's really, you know, Nico and LGP. And, you know, what's a common theme with Nico and LGP, Jay? Um, yellow cards that they're not there, right? <laughs> that they're not Nico. There. Not, not Nico. That's not fair to Nico. Oh, it's totally fair to Nico. <laughs> L LGP and Andres were were just like maybe they made a preseason bet who can get the most yellow cards. Yeah, well, both of them, or all three of them, were trying to win that. There's no question about it. I mean, sure, Nico probably was uh, had the lesser of the three groups of yellow cards, but hey, you know, it's not like he didn't have any. So you know, this guy in particular, I think, is going to offer that kind of just just seniority leader, you know, at Stoke, Ryan played against Inter-Miami head coach Phil Neville in four Premier League matches while Neville, Neville actually played over in, what was it, uh, Everton FC. So uh, they do have a past. They do know each other, obviously playing against each other back in the day. But, you know, Ryan also overlapped with new Inter-Miami teammate Breck Shea as well in 2013 to 2014 with the Potters. So he does have some connections with Inter-Miami. We'll go ahead and see how he fits in yeah and i'm sure he had you know great interactions obviously with the with the youth system at manchester united when you know beckham was still uh you know a main figure over there as well as uh, as neville but yeah you know he's he had interaction with the key people that he needs to uh that are really making the decisions in this team so it'll be very very interesting to watch and we'll see what happens. You know, it, it, it's so so tough to keep making these uh, these predictions. We just kind of got to see it out there, you know, on the pitch. It is. And this this person, though, at least is going to come in and have an impact on, you know, those kind of uh, soft skills type of traits, right? You know, those are types of the intangibles that when you lose a, you know, Luis Robles, right? You got you to replace that type of leadership in the locker room. You know, when you lose a Will Trap, you know, you got to replace that type of leadership uh, in the locker room. So this is a, this is a player that 
that I think is going to do us justice over the season, you know, on and off the pitch. I mean, he's 6'3", which is a big freaking dude. He is not a small man by any sense of the word. So, you know, he's going to be an admirable force back there. He will. He will. And so that kind of brings us to <laughs> funny, the quick math of, of the last episode. So uh, just working through the open roster slots and, and, and the math just wasn't adding up. And so I really had to go back and figure out what, what am I missing here? What, they, thank God they don't give us complex problems yeah, to solve, right? Right. Yeah. I was like, what, what are we missing here? Like, obviously, there's a player here that's not adding up. And um, this is something we did not comment on, um, but I, you know, we do have to bring it up. And this one is really heavy on the hearts of the Inner Miami podcast. And that is that uh, the club actually declined the contract option on David Norman Jr. And as a result, DNJ, the podcast favorite, will no longer be with the team. Teardrops all around. Unbelievable. We thought 2021 was going to be David's breakout year. Clearly, the team had other aspirations for him. But, you know, I, I don't know why we didn't see him on the pitch, you know, last year. I thought that that was his grooming year. I thought he was going to step into a leadership role. That injury just kind of ruined his career, man. So bad. much, so it's, much it's, potential. It's like when you see, you know, potentially the takeoff of like, you know what, like a Derrick Rose type of player in the NBA yeah. where, you know, just injury faults the man. And it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough to bounce back. Everyone. I know people are disappointing. Probably some tears of sadness are trickling down people's cheeks right now, but uh, you know, we'll get through this. Maybe we'll be able to pick him up when he's like 24. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should just have David on here and him just explain to us, you know, the situation now that he's off the team, I'm sure he'd open himself up for conversation. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but so with Shawcross and Josh Penn finally inking his deal, that was our first round pick in the MLS super draft that leaves us technically with four remaining roster spots. I say technically because in all actuality, it's only three spots because Ami Mabika uh, will have his deal completed very soon unless he's being a diva about it and that falls through. But I don't anticipate any of that happening. Well, so that you, leaves you, us. You know those Kentucky boys. You know those Kentucky <laughs> boys. But uh, yeah, so that'll leave us uh, with three. And, you know, there are some rumors. I know a lot of people are, you know, asking questions about Kieran Gibbs and everything. And, and, and that'd be a, another, I think, great experience left back to have on the team. But, you know, these spots will be filled in the next coming weeks. Uh, that will kind of move us into this next segment. We already covered the, the new CBA here. But there was, I don't want to say some fallout. Um, just because, you know, I say that word because fans obviously want the season to start as soon as possible, but there were some things that have been affected by the CBA, such as the official, you know, kickoff and training camp. So give us an update on that. Yeah, well, it, Jay, you're absolutely spot on. You know, the CBA is approved. Both parties did come to terms, which, you know, we don't need to harp on it. That would have been devastating to everyone, you know, involved with the MLS listening to this podcast. So soccer is back. You know, we are on the right track. The regular season schedule has 
football is back. Just, you know, you don't want to piss off any fans. (laughs) Football is back. Uh, The regular season schedule has not yet been announced, but uh, two recent reports as of, I think, last week, they said that they will be rolling that out over the next one to two weeks or so. But to answer your question, sir, preseason camp will begin on March 8th. So most players will report on March 1st, undergo, you know, that, that classic 2020 and above quarantine period before starting training camp on the 8th. But that's the timeline we're looking for. Awesome. Now, here's something I've been wondering uh, is, do you foresee preseason games or, or not just due to COVID protocols? Because nothing's really been announced. And I'm not sure if they're just going to scrap that whole idea just because it's a lot more complex when you're dealing with COVID protocols, quarantining, uh, all that stuff. You know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a great question. I think for years, you know, professional athletes across any sport out there, NBA, MLB, NFL, MLS, et cetera, et cetera, you know, really don't like these games of preseason, right? You know, they're, they're, they tend to be games that they're not really compensated for. Those are regular season matches as well as, you know, incentives on end of year types of milestones. But Jay, I, I, I got to say, I think that it's super important for the MLS to have preseason matches. I understand the concern of COVID being what it is. But in my eyes, if you're going to start preseason on March 8th and the regular season starting on April 17th, you know, you're going to jump right in the the thick of it, you know, just Mm -hmm. about a month later. Right. And I think you know, not giving these professional athletes the time to to reacclimate themselves to real game time speed. You know, Jay, we've been athletes all of our lives. And, you know, it, there's one thing about practice and there's one thing about being in the game, right? And that type of level of intensity, you know, cannot be matched on the practice pitch. So I think to answer your question, yes, I do believe that we are going to have preseason matches. And I think it's really, really important to have those matches to make sure our players and club are up to form. You know, last year was our first year as an expansion club and, you know, our team got thrown together, you know, over the off season, like every, every expansion team does to have COVID, you know, hit us right after that as a few games have gone on in the 2020 season really kind of, you know, stripped us of that ability to, to build team chemistry in the preseason before going into the regular season. So I'm really hopeful that we do. Hopefully we get, you know, four or five games, you know, under our belt. Obviously, we'll see how some of these younger players, probably not as much as your Gonzalo's or, you know, your Lewis Morgan's, things like that. But I think it's important to see how the team plays out there. I can't agree more with you. The coaches front office definitely want to see him. Players, you know, they'll kind of be divided on that. I, I believe it was four preseason games last season. So we'll know soon, right? When they release the, the season schedule, that news will be soon to follow. Do we get another trip up to, uh, you know, St. Pete to, to go play the Rowdies or how's that look? But we will we will see. In addition to that, you know, with the, um, the preseason being delayed, with opening day being delayed, uh, MLS has actually announced that the primary transfer window has also been amended and that the primary transfer window will now open March 10th and stay open through June 
the first, uh, almost a month longer than planned. And the secondary transfer window remains the same, opening on July 7th and closing on August 5th. So these transfer windows, the, the, the primary transfer window, um, you know, these are, are periods in which MLS teams can officially register any new players who were previously under contracts with clubs based outside the MLS and for which uh, in ITC, which is an international transfer certificate, is required. So, uh, again, those are the new dates. Keep your eyes open for the new schedule. Uh, moving forward, we do have some, I mean, <laughs> I guess exciting news, but the club did announce uh, a new secondary jersey, La Palma. La Palma. Which uh, is English for the palm. Shocker. <laughs> This will actually, uh, this is secondary, so this is the black jersey. This will replace the Rosa Negra, uh, the black kit we had last season. It's going to be black. It's going to look almost exactly identical from the quote-unquote leaked photos. It basically will be replacing the herons imprinted on the shirt with palm leaves imprinted on the shirt. So, I mean, it still looks good. Not a drastic change, but, you know, hey. On a scale of one to ten, Jay, where are you sitting with this? Um, I feel like indifferent. It's such a subtle change. You know, me personally, I lean more towards the Rosa Negra just because that's like the, the first, you know, jersey that, that they really hyped up. That's kind of the the jersey that everyone would want to say, like, hey, I was there day one. Uh, you know, palm trees aren't gonna make me like go out of my way just to start buying more jerseys, but to some people, it might. Do you think we'll ever see like the Rosa Negra jersey back? Like, I honestly, I, I don't think so. I think they're going to do the way it works in the MLS is every two years you get a jersey change and they stagger the, the, the primary and the secondary kit. So you're basically getting a new jersey, one new jersey every year. Now the MLS is bringing back the third alternate jersey, which I know everyone's just been begging, been asking Santa, praying to whatever God they pray to, just please give us a pink jersey. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but there is going to be an event at the stadium. There is. There is. You can either catch this event over stream, I believe, which again, don't ask us where you can find this. Just go ahead and glow, go on the Inner Miami app. You know, if you don't have the app downloaded and you're listening to this podcast, you really got to look at yourself in the mirror. So go ahead, check it out on the app. It'll be streaming that way. Or if you did want to go to the stadium and this is four season ticket holders, they will have access to a real quote unquote experience at the stadium from 12 to 5 p.m. where you can purchase the jersey and also partake in some other activities including like you know meeting Phil Neville players of the team stuff like that you know obviously everything will be COVID sensitive as well so do keep that in mind if you do plan to go uh, up to the stadium to see the the new kit release sounds like it'd be fun you know meet, meet the coach meet the players will they be serving beer I would have to imagine so. You know? If not, that's a missed opportunity. Well, you know what's wild is I actually went to a Miami Hurricanes game. Uh, actually, unfortunately, it was the Tar Heels game last year. And the entire stadium was not serving alcoholic beverages. So with college, it, it either goes conference by conference or stadium by stadium. For instance, in the... 
ACC, you couldn't drink for a while, but at Tallahassee, you could because it was locally owned. It was the 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 convention center they played out of, play out of. So you could actually drink there. But it, yeah, college is kind of finicky because you know I don't know. Maybe they just don't want underage kids drinking. But you know, for the ones that are old enough and more importantly responsible, you know, it can definitely make uh, make it a bit more entertaining. I just found it kind of funny that you know, as the Orange Bowl was getting played, you know, a few months ago, you know, of course people could, but you know, not not partake during the Canes, which yeah. I was a slaughter and I needed everything under the sun. But uh, but yeah, no, no, I was just curious. You know, didn't know if they were going to rip out the old Heineken tent or not. I remember. You know, in in the football stadium, you couldn't, or maybe we were just under it. I don't know. I don't know if I should go over this story, but I do remember filling Ziploc bags up with only the worst whiskey college kids would drink, and then putting that inside my waistband yeah, to, to bring yeah. into the game. We've but. all been there, the, or the water bottle fill ups that <laughs> yeah. you're trying to like conceal, Bro, like the, the fake binoculars, oh, dude. Sure. I've seen fake babies. Like it's crazy. It is crazy. It's funny when you're in the middle of a game and you just see someone reach underneath their foot and pull out from their sock just a big, just dripping bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. Yeah, let me just you order a large Coke and then no one asks any questions. There you go. Um, uh, so moral of the story is the Heineken tent may or may not be open, but do bring your alcoholic beverages stuffed in your sock in a plastic bag. <laughs> Don't tell them we told you if you could, if you get busted or anything. Yeah, you didn't hear it here, but, no. but no, that, that is a pretty cool event. So if you do have time again, that will be on February 27th from noon to 5 p.m. at the stadium. You know where that is up here in Fort Lauderdale. So other than that, Jay, there were a couple new signings to happen in the front office. Why don't you go ahead and break that down? Yes. So this was something that I'm actually was very, very happy to see. I think this is going to have a massive impact, much more than most people think. But uh, first off, the club has announced that uh, Mark Prezant will be the new director of scouting. He actually comes from Manchester United. I love all these Manchester United ties, even though I'm a Chelsea fan and don't really like Manchester United. But you got to respect them. Uh, so he served there for four years as the first team scout in the U.S. Um, if you've been following anything about Man U, they obviously had a bit of a fall-off period after Sir Alex Ferguson retired, uh, went through several different uh, you know, head coaches before Ole Gunny Solskjaer was able to get him on the right track. But most importantly, they have been developing a lot of, of young talent over there. So to be able to get someone of that caliber to come over to the MLS in, in scout force and be able to make recommendations on, you know, players we should acquire, I think will have a massive, massive effect, you know, over the next five years, assuming he's here five years, that this might not be something you see in the first season, but this is, is something that you reap the benefits uh, later on down the road. And then the second one, which uh, I think we're both very excited about because this is something that every single sports team needs. Doesn't matter what sport you play, what league you're in. Uh, Sam Gregory will be our director of analytics, our first ever director of analytics. Uh, he comes from NYCFC, uh, where he was the director of field analytics. But you know, anyone that's ever seen the movie Moneyball or or can understand that, you know, more so off names or or goals scored, there are a lot of finite statistics that need to be tracked. And, you know, when you really open up all these different, uh, 
you know, statistical columns, right, or statistical traits, um, it will really allow you to make the best selections much more outside just goal tally or assists, right? You know, stuff we're talking about would be, you know, like pass completions, um, you know, defensive efficiencies, tackling efficiencies, crossing efficiencies, uh, you know, just about everything you could ever imagine that would be a stat in the sport is something that, you know, they will be analyzing and making their selections off that. Yeah. When we start talking about <clears throat> analytics and the involvement of technology and actually, you know, the VP of our communications team, Gene, is heavily involved in the tech space, which should come as no surprise that, you know, we're hiring folks and, you know, paying payroll to an individual like the director of analytics and everything that Jay said is spot on. And, you know, to kind of dive into this, you know, idea of analytics and the importance of data in today's and sports world is that, you know, we're starting to talk about, you know, not just the right players to sign, but you're not on, on like a performance basis, but you're starting to dive into actual like core personal levels like what leagues do people translate better to into the mls how can we have this player recover from injury faster you know what is that money ball scheme that we can actually bring on a player for say seventy thousand dollars instead of you know six hundred thousand dollars and actually look at why they fit well with the numbers and the statistics going along with our team so um, this is a pretty cool step. It's something that just as sports fans listening to this podcast um, are interested in sports. It's something, it's a trend that you're going to continue to see. And it's nice to see Inter-Miami uh, really kind of take that by the reins and pull it through the organization. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, again, this isn't, you know, just we want to go out there and, and acquire Gonzalo Higuain because of his, you know, goal scoring prowess and, and, you know, just overall pretty outstanding career he's had. This is the, you know, you can really tinker with these statistics and this is how you build a, a, a system. This is how you build a structure and a program. This is where you can see, you know, what kind of system you want to build around Gonzalo and then what, you know, abilities or traits the, that that system would have. And then you can kind of input that stuff and be able to filter basically players that would be the best fit in that system and, and to really build a complete threat of a machine almost. Yeah, it's not, it's, and it's about building a system, but it's also why you're building that system. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea of analytics is, is that you're supported by, you know, millions and millions of lines of data that is supporting why you're making those decisions, right? And, you know, the more that we can stay intact with our data of our players, of our coaching staff and of our club, you know, down the line, that's only going to further our projection and really kind of aid us as we look to to continuously build inner Miami into a powerhouse in the MLS. Yeah. And, you know, this is, is, I think, probably one of the most intricate sports when it comes to, to data and analytics. Because, you know, you look at, say, the NFL or, you know, I guess we'll say the closest thing we could compare to would be the MLB, right? Where you have your, your MLB teams and you have your D1, D2, D3 teams, right? Now that's what four basically leagues, you know, you include college or something like that with the NFL would really be just the NFL and then probably the colleges as well. But when you look at like football as a whole, how many different countries with different teams, different divisions, we're talking a, a much, much larger number of players. And the best way to really cipher through all this and figure out who's the best man for whatever you're trying to do, 
is data analytics. So Sam, Gregory, you know, this will be something again, we're probably not going to see the effects year one, but you know, down the road, this stuff will really start to pay off in droves. Unfortunately, you know, when this stuff happens, you don't really get the credit. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk about the last little bit of news about the team, which is really David Beckham, David Beckham opening up his check and just writing a freaking mind blowing 11.2 million pounds, which is $15 million US. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously the next question that comes to mind is like, where is all this money going to go, right? You know, is it going to go into facilities? Is it going to go into player development? Is it going to go into... A Tableau license. <laughs> exactly. Or is it going to go into our technology world, yeah. right? And obviously, you know, Mr. Sam Gregory coming over, you know, that is someone who's going to claim payroll and be a part of that 11, or I'm sorry, $15 million check that David's written. You know, I also find it interesting, Jay, that, you know, I don't quote me on this, but I think we're one of two teams in the MLS that actually have a mobile app that enables live streaming of the actual games. So don't quote me. I think it's one it's or something, it's two or it's three something teams. like that. Very, yeah, very, yeah. very small amount of teams in the league have this. And again, you're seeing this with the signing of Sam to kind of press that point on how this club does want to be technologically advanced. Yeah, and don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure last season we were only like one of two or three teams that did not have someone handling analytics. So this was more, you know, kind of old school tactics and you know, that, which is an interesting conversation too. And I don't mean to keep drawing this on, but you know, there also is a conversation of when is that end for analytics, right? You know, just that keen eye into seeing something out there, you know, seeing a spark on the pitch for, you know, some of these younger players or, 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 you know, the under 17 club that we have and bringing them up to the big leagues. There's a, there's an aspect of analytics, but also bleeding it in between, you know, your just experience and knowledge of the actual game of football. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess there's got to be like a happy medium somewhere in there, right? Let's hope we find it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, this it will certainly be a big boost. And, um, you know, we look forward to this. We, we really do. You know, I, I, outside of that, that's basically the news that we wanted to catch everyone up on. We wanted to get back out here, get an episode up there and, uh, you know, bring everyone back up to speed. Again, we will resume our supporters group series, wrap it up with the Southern Legion. And, we're not that far away, you know, and we've been conditioned <laughs> so great last season to be able to, you know, look forward to things that are that are down the road and not freak out about them. So everyone just keep doing what you're doing week by week. This thing will get closer and uh, sooner than later. We hope we get some preseason games, but we'll be back out there uh, having fun, smiling again with a, a new new coach new front office, new everything. It's, it's going to be a completely new experience for us. And uh, we certainly look forward to it. We appreciate the support. Like always really stoked to be back on the mics. You know, the real life does hit you in the head every once in a while, but it's good to be back here next week. We are going to have our third and final supporters group meeting with the Southern Legion. So we look forward to bringing that to you. We're excited about this. And as we end every episode, Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you soon.